0: Hello dudes, dudettes, duders, and everyone in between, and welcome back to back to back to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I'm really glad you continue to tune in. I appreciate it, and I say thank you from the bottom of my heart to the very tippity top of yours. Today we have got, uh, well, I'm trying to think of some other word to describe it, but I cannot, we've got a doozy of an episode. This one was a long time coming. I mean, 37 years or so in the making of this one. It's my pop. Uh, Not much setup necessary on this one. I feel like as I did this set of four, it was very appropriate to begin with my mother. Her personality really does uh, welcome, welcome anyone to our family very well. Then I feel like it was appropriate that Emily was the second one. She had come out to L.A. just for Thanksgiving break, and we decided to run the interview while she was here and it, it felt like an appropriate second selena a perfect third one um because it kind of it gets your feet back on the ground after emily's episode emily's episode is a little intense i don't think anyone could argue that things get heavy in the second half don't they um but but between my mother between my voice between my two sisters voices there's kind of like this this big missing ingredient over the whole course of this and i feel like this episode will let you understand what that missing ingredient is in our family it's 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 my dad's voice um a very distinct voice a very unique voice and i look forward to listening to this episode uh, whenever I damn well please, because I've got it on recording now and I certainly can do that at my own leisure. And you can too. In fact, you can do that right now because there's no, there's a little bit more further ado. Hang on a tick. Um, we, we talk a little bit about a letter I wrote my father and the response he gave. And we don't really, we don't really get into the response he gave because we get into uh, kind of jokes too quickly. The response was that um, what people might mean when they say that is that they are in a place that is free from uncertainty. So uh, that's 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 kind of the the turnkey concept that he hit me with uh in in response to that letter that i wrote him which you'll hear all about in this current almost going to very soonly happen episode of the hollywood fishbowl because we are out of ado so without any further ado i give to you the one the only my father john charles joseph kester
1: Drops.
0: Morpheus, morpheus is fighting, fighting neo. neo hello and welcome to the hollywood fishbowl i am and only am your host jesse kester and today i'm joined by the one the only the illustrious dad kester pop kester <laughs> and pop goes the kester <laughs> how how are you doing Everything's just fine I love you, Dad I'm so glad you're on this oh, show thank you very much For the Yeah, this is my father The music will burn down in a minute As soon as they're done fighting, right? Yes, and They're done Neo and Morpheus are finished with their fighting um, Well, welcome to the show This is a hell of a get
1: <laughs> Thank you
0: <laughs> and I, I appreciate uh, your your agent and manager putting in all those hours doing the scheduling and working with us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to turn down the Hollywood Bowl, but I didn't mind a bit. <laughs> you were. You were going to do your one-man show there tonight. Yes, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't even get my harmonica out of the case. <laughs> Thanks. We start,
0: as you know, with five and five. You're going to get five questions. You have one minute to answer each question. You know the routine, I believe. You've heard the program mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. once, as mm-hmm. I understand. Are you ready? Yes. And you will get beeps. These are not uh, to punish you. These are to let you know that you're out of time, and we're putting this on Instagram, so you are out of time. There's just no way to go over a minute. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Loud enough. Mm-hmm.
1: Where did you grow up and how did that inform your adulthood? I grew up in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, Greensboro, North Carolina, Kutztown, Pennsylvania, and Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And that made me always a stranger and always the only kid in class that nobody knew. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I've
0: found, maybe it's genetic, I've found that if you end any sentence with I think, it becomes... Incontrovertibly true immediately There's no way to... <laughs>
1: There's no arguing with what I think Yep <laughs> But you know I'm just saying that it's tr- It's subject to my own perceptions That's all we've got to go on On this program Is our own perceptions So that's kind of uh, That's currency Well then I'm I'm okay that's, then That's the coin
0: of the realm On a podcast <laughs> I'll be alright <laughs> You'll be just fine what, How old were you When you were in Kutztip? Kutztown What ages were those? Um, oh, love to hear more on that topic Beep Maybe we'll get to it later. You're doing fine. You doing okay? Yeah. Okay, question two is, what is the must-engage media, the book, the album, the movie, whatever it is that opened up your brain to the secrets of the universe?
1: Since I've listened to so many podcasts, this question has been on my mind a lot. And I can only say that books that opened my mind internally are the ones that would count. Like the first book that I read that made me realize there was a possible... Possible internal life was if I were in the zoo by um, by Doctor or Giesel. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, because that that like gave me permission. It kind of in a way that I could uh, that I could visualize any reality I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And after that, it was mainly um, books that reinforced my um perception of the world like um Dostoevsky and Dickens and Celine it was all dark it was all scary it was were all you, horrible Were you feeling I'd love to ask follow up <laughs>
0: questions <laughs> Of course you would and I might I might just yet before this
1: program is winding down what brings you the greatest joy in this world Ah music I think I think listening to music, live music or recorded music, doesn't matter. But it's a, it's a vision into somebody else's mind and their soul, and their it's it's such a um, such a freely given thing. It's a, and you can freely take it. It's something. It's like there's there's no cost to listening to music. You really don't have to buy it on iTunes or anything like that to enjoy it. But that brings me my greatest joy. I just like. Puzzling through the the minds of the composers and admiring the virtuosity virtuosity skills of the performers and like that.
0: Has that always if I had asked you the same question at fifteen, do you think that would have been the same answer? Or? Hmm.
1: No, probably reading then. Okay. When did you start doing the fiddle? In my twenties. I started playing the fiddle because there was a I'd love to ask more questions. You <laughs> won't know any you'll never know now. <laughs>
0: What gets under your skin? Hmm.
1: It's hard. I guess people that with that don't um, use their imaginations, that aren't curious. That it's very frustrating to me when people aren't curious about why they believe what they believe or why it's impossible to really have a generalized view of why why everything is the way it is but i think it's really important to try and it really bothers me when people don't and they'd rather you know deceive themselves and deceive others to support their own misbeliefs but
0: at at what point can anything be known selena and i talked about that a little bit was like how do you define i'd love to talk about this We got one more question. I like talking about that stuff. Um, what is the best advice you've received in your life, and what
1: is the best advice that you'd like to put out into the world? Um, the first the first question, um, listen to the Hollywood Fishbowl, was the best <laughs> advice I ever got. And if I was to give anyone <laughs> advice, I would say listen to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I know I got one person in the bag for this program <laughs> until
0: it burns out of it. If the sun goes out before we stop recording, there will be one
1: person who's heard them all. Thanks for listening. Oh, I love it. I, it's it's a vision into somebody's honest, honestly held feelings and, and their struggles and their failures and successes. It's, it's just very encouraging to me and, it, and gives me insight, you know, the ways ways to adjust my own thinking
0: i'm gonna stop the timer because that the, we're, that's a good place to stop the minute i don't want to hear any more beeps uh do you want the air horn the bam, bam, or not really
1: i've heard it a lot of times yeah i want to hear
0: it okay <laughs> all right that okay. was five and five and you won you smashed five and five um let's can we slow things down and kind of explore some of these ideas a little deeper oh, that you sure. set up Um, and you're the fourth in a series of four, and that is my family, so we might be calling back to other things that happened in other conversations that you have no memories of, so bear with me as I assume that you know everything that I know from these other conversations. I'll bet I know it. I'll bet you do. I'll bet you can figure it out if you don't know it. What do you think of Emily?
1: What do I think of Emily?
0: I think... Because I think about her a lot. I don't mean that like what what's up with her I just mean like she's a very unique one in the world and also in our family
1: and, I, and, and the ways that I most admire in myself she's like me I think I think that she's very self propelled yes and very internal lives a very very deep internal life she's also is so um, so connected to the people around her in in, in ways that don't always bring her happiness. It's like she's willing to accept people as they are, accept their pain, and and you know be their close friend even if they are having difficult time. I I I think Emily is a miracle. I remember one time on a Christmas Eve we went to a diner. The th- the th- you were there too, and Selena was there, and um there was a there was an old man sitting by himself and. Emily said, can I ask him to join us? You know, I said, sure. And he came over and talked to us about his youth as a farmer in the Kutztown area and about how they used to go out in a group, a gang of men and shovel snow, like, side by side. Mm-hmm. And um, she reached out to him because she didn't think he needed to be alone on Christmas Eve, you know. Yeah. And to me, that was such a sweet thing, but he brought so much... Um, Warmth and so much interesting experience into our conversation that you know it was it was a bargain, you know what i mean yeah it wasn't a, it wasn 't a sacrifice at all. it yeah. was a pleasure yeah. to have his company for that evening and I give Emily great credit for her ability to see things like that around her and act on that and When I was up with her in Ithaca this year, the same thing happened a couple of times that there was somebody sleeping. Um, outside you Mm -hmm. know and she went up to them and said is everything okay is there something you need and I just she's an amazing human being to me that's kind of why she
0: was in my head was because I was thinking about the the fiddle and as far as I know I don't I I wasn't there when you picked it up but it was as I understand it was like a a self-taught kind of internal journey of external expression
1: as and, uh, well i always liked music that's yeah. nothing new but there there came an opportunity in my life I, there was there was a band that i liked to listen to it was local and they kept saying over the mic that does anybody play fiddle we need a fiddle player so i thought well if i learn to play a couple of notes on the fiddle maybe they'll let me join mm-hmm. so i just i just worked it through in the basement you know in the middle of the night and i just kept after it and basically i found out that i enjoyed it and i had uh my my sister was a violinist and she helped me tune wait, it. wait which one Margot? okay she helped me she i'd take it to her and say "Margot, is this in tune and she'd say no <laughs> and then tune it for me <laughs> but you know that's how that's how i learned were you doing fiddle. by book or were you just kind of hearing it out while listening to records we had a we had a record player downstairs that Played at sixteen and a, and two thirds RPM or something like that, mm-hmm. and I would listen to Doc Watson guitar records because those are the only fiddle tune records that I had at that time. At sixteen and two thirds, so at half speed. Yeah, yeah. So I'd listen to them and learn the melody really slowly, and then I would try to translate it onto the fiddle. And that's so. Yeah. But when, when did that was you the learn, beginning? Yeah.
0: When did you learn how to read sheet music then? Because that has always escaped me. As, as much as I noodled on any instrument, I never figured out those, those worked freaking cuneiforms. I learning forms. that when I
1: was a child, like pre-teen. I was, I was fiddling around on the piano and um, guitar. Okay. And I was learning them by learning through sheet music.
0: Okay. Did, did you get into the band? Yeah. Oh, awesome. That was Wait, was it the Sean No, no,
1: that was called the Homestead String Band. Okay. But that, that was a great time. Are there any recordings of this? I, I think so. I don't know if I could actually find them. We were on the uh, public radio station a couple of times, so there's recordings from that. And you went in—were you doing, like, live shows
0: in the radio yeah. station?
1: Okay, yeah. okay. So, you, how many of y'all were in the outfit? Five. at had bass, banjo, guitar, fiddle, and mandolin. That's awesome. And we'd all sing sometimes, but not for every song.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then— How old are you then? You're 20 or early?
1: 23, 24. Okay. So
0: so you're dating mom already, but you're not married yet? Right. Okay. Right.
1: Right. She, yeah. That's probably why she married me because I was in a band. Because you could shred on the (laughs) violin. You had an axe. Yeah. (laughs) Chicks dig axes. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I had already like, past the beginner's level and had begun the intermediate level when when Janice started to listen to us.
0: And what was going on at the time? Because I have I've seen a couple photos of all the Kester kids and the Eshelman kids, like just tearing up around Kutztown. But
1: what was what was that scene? That was a strange scene for me because I was much older than them. But since I had just moved there and didn't know anybody, I counted on my younger brothers and sisters to bring friends around that okay. i could meet and hang out with so
0: they were going to, how many were in high school at the time a bunch or yeah all of them okay
1: me charlie mary greg and they were all going to kutztown high school yeah or, as were or the or junior high or okay. elementary
0: school okay as were the eshelman girls yeah, yeah. so you guys were all just kind of hanging hanging yeah. out
1: and there were nine of us too that's a lot of
0: that's a broad a, a broad net you cast yeah
1: <laughs> That's yeah.
0: So. What what part of town? Not that there's that many parts of town. <laughs> where, where were you in Kutztown at the time? Like where
1: were we all living? We lived out about two miles out of town on Seven Thirty Seven. Okay, right around Dead Man's Curve.
0: I know it. I know it. You know,
1: Yana's
0: yeah. um, car, the the Honda Accord that she was driving, it broke down exactly on that Dead Man's Curve, and that was, uh, I think, the scariest thing that uh, we semi shared in high school
1: was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Was, there were always people dripping blood coming up to our door asking us to call an ambulance <laughs> for nine one one. That'd be a, that's a good start for a movie, isn't it? It Dead, is Dead Man's Curve.
0: I think there might only be seven hundred films with that title at this point. All of them produced in nineteen fifty in the fifties.
1: I actually the Ghost of Dead Man's Curve,
0: the Haunted. <laughs> the anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the haunted dead man's curve was the rest of that there's a reason it stopped yeah. there was even a school bus that went over the cliff on dead man's Club. are you what high school no elementary school any kids. fatalities no or? they were all fine but they okay. all had to they all had to um come inside the house with their muddy shoes and stuff <laughs> <laughs> it was a great hardship for my mom <laughs> Well, she was all, she already had 9. What's another 30? She was, she should have been a paramedic. She was always administering first aid. Have they reduced the number of No, they haven't changed the curve at all. Okay. Yeah. Nothing's changed. But I'm I don't live there anymore. I don't keep track. Okay. <laughs> and MP, not my problem. Yeah, somebody else's problem now.
0: So how do you mom meet
1: is it just oh, like the cloud yeah. of people are all hanging did you, out? Did you ever hear of um, Eshel Day? Special Day publication? Of course I did. That's probably that's probably where we got to know each other. Okay, that was was Greg. <laughs> Greg was among there. the masterminds yeah. of that. I th- there was a bunch. So Lisa was part of it. Yes, yes. And Luisa, Luisa, Luisa Esser.
0: I know the name, and I probably met her.
1: <laughs> but those were great, fun times at the Eshelman House around the. Kitchen table, cutting and pasting the newest Eshel day. Special day.
0: Did it? Was it ever photocopied? Like there's only one copy there's of there's only
1: one copy of each one. And then what? I think and my then, sister. then what? <laughs> you'll have to ask Janice, but I think my sister Jeannie might have them. Okay,
0: that would be fun to to find and scan as many existing yeah. copies, like digitize them for Talk posterity. To yeah,
1: digitize them. That's right. All you have to do is photograph them. Yeah, oh, I've got a I've got a flatbed scanner. Aren't you something? <laughs> Get out of here. Anyway, your Aunt Jeannie could help you out maybe. Okay. But ask Janice too. She's be the most direct um resource to finding out where they ended up. Okay, we'll tr- we'll track those down. But then like what
0: what is it? What what brings you two together? What's the connection? Where do you guys link up? Like I wasn't there. I know you weren't. How could you have been?
1: I I was <laughs> I was barely a glimmer in your eyes. Yeah. It was it was to me it was deep and abiding true love. The kind that happens only once in a century in this whole planet. Mhm. Yeah. That's what what
0: you see in her?
1: <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean like it just felt like a, a like a really deep connection mm-hmm. and a deep understanding and also I'm, I'm not a people person, right? Mm-hmm. So, anybody that would probably even notice me and not shrink in horror probably would be like a green light for me to go ahead and fall in love. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she didn't.
0: Wait, she didn't fall in love or she <laughs> no, did? No, she didn't shrink. Oh, okay. She okay. didn't shrink from me. Yeah. You reckon that's some of Emily there that
1: I don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be Emily speaking through her yeah. past Life, self
0: Can I trust it's, you to not take offense to anything I say? No,
1: but I'd probably, I'll probably, i probably be okay even if I take offense for a okay. second
0: Just because I don't want to be apologized as,
1: as, as I as I misspeak I clumsily can, throughout this i just start this. wrecking stuff And that can be part of your most interesting podcast Do you, ever <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your Hulk gloves with you? My what? Your Hulk gloves? Yes To smash <laughs> I can smash
0: so what was the that you guys get married? This better be something that personal that makes me really irritated. No, 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 I just feel like I've been misspeaking. Like what do you what did you see in her anyway oh, about oh, my mother oh,
1: no, no, no. and your wife oh, no, was, and the mother to your children? It was all like everything was wonderful. Then what's you
0: get married? That's an obvious next step if 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 it's one true love that it happens once a century. When do you guys peel out for for did you have a plan?
1: Was it peeling okay. out for
0: Texas, or was it just going to, like, let's see what's going on in the Midwest? Or Well, what was the we, logic there?
1: At that point, I was living in Edwardsville, Pennsylvania, which is a dying coal, coal town. Mm-hmm. You know, there's slag heaps, like, higher than any of the buildings all around the house where we lived, you know. And, and everything was always black from dirt all the time. The people were, like, ancient and broken down, mm-hmm. you know, it just was not a cheerful place to live, and not a place with a great many opportunities, right? So, it's a place that's kind of easy to leave. Yeah. And what were you doing? Was it like contractor work, or I think I was working at a McDonald's as a maintenance man.
0: Are you kidding? I'm serious. I don't know anything about this of you. I don't know anything about the town. I, like I wasn't there. I just I know I, I was there.
1: Well, that's why this. That's why this is good because now you yeah. can learn the learn the actual circumstances of your beginnings. So it, it wasn't hard to leave. Yeah, It was kind of a pleasure to leave. And I thought I had contacts in Texas that, you know, I could get my feet on the ground and get a job right away and, and start playing too. And um, when, okay, go ahead. That, that answers your question. No, no, and why I did keep we telling, take off?
0: You keep, keep going. Like what was, you buy the van? Like what do you, how, what's the process? Because we don't, We don't have that option, and I mean our generation doesn't. And there was no way Swinky and I could ever even conceive of leaving our coal town in Pennsylvania to buy a van and drive across America. Like, like how we met completely obliterates that option for our relationship. Oh,
1: right, right. You, you, yeah. The
0: circumstances of our meeting, like it's just not there.
1: Okay, okay. Well, that that speaks well of you and Swinky that you had. um, achievable goals that you were striving for that you didn't that that option was not even relevant to your dreams and your hopes
0: well we met in japan and neither of us owned
1: a car like it's oh well that yeah that's besides the point i think you have to have see when when i was um a young teenager in north carolina it was like i feel like i asked the hip where the hippie revolution was and the anti-war protests and all that stuff and i really um I really gravitated toward that kind of political mindset, you know, that, in fact, you know, I'm re- I keep remembering Philip Berrigan and his brother went into the draft board in Washington, D.C. and poured, you know, sheep's blood all over the draft records, you mm-hmm. know, in protest. And I thought, wow, oh, there's somebody that really gets it and really cares about people. And that's – I couldn't um, – I guess it, I always felt like I was by myself thinking things that nobody else thought and thinking that everybody knew a lot more than I did. I've, I've always been kind of on my own. Was that that like the... the so, I know Grandma Margie as an activist,
0: but was she teaching and preaching that type of wisdom when you were growing up? Did she have no, the bandwidth to instill that? She or was, was it, too busy.
1: She, she started doing that after she broke up with my dad, and he... he Completely objected to that stuff. He was—he's like a hardcore Republican. That he would never—he—he um, w- was—he um, believed that a power, strong authority, was necessary in the home, in the office, in the government. Yeah, yeah. Authority. He he believed in authoritarianism.
0: And was he there? Was was he with that belief till the day he died, or did he ease off on that as he got older? I don't. I don't know much about. it. I don't him. really know either. Okay, I think, don't worry about it. I think
1: he it. became. The only change I saw in him as he got older was that he began to like being himself more. He he became more relaxed in his own skin. I
0: think it takes everyone
1: uh, a, a lot of time to get to that <laughs> yeah. place.
0: I yeah. think it. I think what your generation figured out has made it easier for our generation to get to some level of comfort inside our skin in, you know, instead of 80 years, 40 years or 30 years. Like, I think it has been accelerated a lot.
1: That'd be good. good. I'd I'd be happy if that was the case.
0: I feel just tremendous comfort in my skin. And as long as I can remember after high school, it was maybe a couple of years, early twenties that I started feeling comfort as myself. And, uh, it's joy isn't far behind. Once you, th- once you, once you enjoy being inside your own skin.
1: That's one thing I think Janice and I from from the get go really wanted our children to believe in themselves, to believe in their own power, and believe in their own thoughts. Because I remember when Emily was in second grade. This is one of my favorite memories. We had we met with her um, second grade teacher, who. Um, really didn't like Emily because um she told us that she was disciplining one of her classmates and Emily said how can how can a grown up yell at a little kid like that and she was like taken aback like she felt like Emily was questioning her authority mm-hmm. but Emily was just shocked that she could abuse her position yeah. in such a way yeah yeah But she was only in second grade. I mean, she was comfortable with her own thoughts. She believed that what she thought was true. Yes. And when we met with the teacher, we told her, well, that's what we want her to, that's how we want her to behave. And her teacher, you know, then, then didn't like us either, you know, but.
0: It's a legitimate question. Yeah. I think it's a very fair question that that I do too. But see, see how was, can your communication be so limited that this is the way you'd engage with somebody who's right, who's right. less than 10 or anybody on right. this planet of any it's a legitimate
1: right. People that people that gravitate toward an authoritarian system see that as heresy though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which school was that? The Topton. Okay. I I I believe that. That tracks. That, yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> so when do you pull out? Like you, you're, you're going to Texas, you got the van and what mom calls a folding chair. Is that story true? It yeah, was, yeah, you had a bucket seat for true. you yeah, and a folding chair. How much yeah. was the van? Did you buy it cash? It was a thousand dollars. Worth every penny? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it got us there. Is that the same one that got you to Riverside? That yeah. got you all the way across the country. Yeah, when did yeah. you retire that? In Riverside. Okay, like the yeah. the hubcaps were coming off as you pulled no, into
1: There was just somebody where I worked at the fence company that wanted it and said okay. he'd trade it trade a, a family car for it.
0: Okay. So, so uh Oops, there, there it was. is. There it is. <laughs> I know a fan because you knew what had happened <laughs> and how exciting it was. Oops. <laughs> Selena made it through. Hmm. She didn't she didn't uh she said she wouldn't. I moved her drink. Into the most inconvenient place possible, and she made it through the whole episode without a bump. It was my glasses that drew me in. That's. uh, uh What do you think of Selena?
1: I love Selena. How cool is it? How cool is that whole thing that they're building? That family is so awesome. Yeah, they seem like such a such a solid arrangement of kindness and and brains and brawn. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get up there more often. That's one of my regrets, is I never leave my little hidey hole. But I've got to get up there.
0: We could do at the end, We this might be a new feature on the show, is at the end of the program, we do one in one. What's your biggest regret? Like once people are in. One in one.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'll have the energy at the end to do anything else.
0: Well, we already know your biggest regret. That's that's my biggest you're regret. You're off the
1: hook. Yeah.
0: Is not getting up there. It has more. a
1: lot to do with my nature, my. my yeah. Yeah
0: well I, that's like it's kind of um it's not a flaw it's a feature that like sometimes you're just like kind of not going to be there like there are going to be times that you have to pull back that's not what it is though what is it that's how it feels on on my end is like there 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 have been times that we were going to but it, it never felt like a flaw. It was always a feature of who you are. Oh, okay. Like yeah. that you, you might miss a, a, a holiday or something. A little space. Yeah.
1: Get a little space there.
0: What, what is that experience? for? Can I ask you I about think
1: that? It, I think it's partly PTSD mm-hmm. from um, my childhood. You know, just too much overbearing terror constantly. <laughs> but who knows? Anyway, I, I do feel tremendously ill at ease when i'm at somebody else's home Mm -hmm. and it might and also i think i i might be on the autism spectrum and i think that it makes it very difficult for me to gauge what other people are thinking and if i'm being a great annoyance or a great comfort or what i just don't know
0: yeah i think
1: and well it doesn't affect them As much as it affects me, that uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's safe to say that you are um, somewhere on the spectrum. And even if it's not true, I think it's safe to say just to um, economize the conversation. Like it seems
1: like a... a, It's a shortcut, yeah. yeah, It
0: seems like an effective shorthand for uh, how you experience the world, even if it isn't diagnosed or diagnosable. And I think I feel some of those parts of you inside my own brain... In some,
1: yeah, my brain is extraordinary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I mean the 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 whatever it is.
1: Yeah, I know that's the thing. It's it, it's going to be somewhat ch- genetically packaged for yeah. one thing, and for another thing, it's my personality that taught you what it was like to be an adult.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 That's another thing is I did watch your behavior a lot yeah. as a kid.
1: Too bad for you. But
0: do you feel like I looked up to you? Did you get that sense from me that I thought you were like you were the shit?
1: Yeah. OK. OK. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. I yeah. don't want there uh, to be I, any uh, any yeah. mistake in that. Those are some of my happiest memories of when you were like wor- we will be working on something together. You know, and you'd be asking me questions and, you know, like, oh, I want to learn this. I want to learn this.
0: No joke. I said it with a smile that might have been confused as as sarcasm, but whipping out that record player and taking it apart. That was like the the best thing we could have done today. <laughs> yeah. Especially since it works, even though I don't think we really did anything. <laughs> you fixed it. You
1: fixed we, it. We fixed You're it, Pop. The man. We fixed it <laughs> together. <laughs> you, you have, you have definite, definitely have skills.
0: But it was just it was such a joy to to take apart a mechanical thing with you, yeah, even
1: yeah. for five minutes, and put it right back together. I always wanted to be a good mechanic and a Mister Fix It. That's I, what I turned into.
0: I don't think I'll ever be a good mechanic or Mister Fix It. Uh,
1: you have natural talent. Don't worry about it. If you want to, you will.
0: So you get to you get to Riverside. You do contracting work in in Texas at all? Mm -hmm. Like, how much time do you spend there? A year?
1: Half a year? About half a year. Okay. I didn't like Houston, Texas that much, but it was okay.
0: Was that... Was Texas more democratic back then? Mm -mm. Okay. It was...
1: It was very racist. It It was apartheid as far as, you know, working on a job site with Mexicans. Yeah. They worked on one side of the site and the Anglos worked on the other.
0: And what were you doing? Like, what was what were Carpentry the jobs? Carpentry work. Okay.
1: Yeah, framing and finish work.
0: Are there any, like, are there neighborhoods I can go to and see houses that you worked on? on
1: warehouses. Or? Okay. I think I worked for Halliburton, even. Really? Yeah,
0: I think they were. <laughs> Any inside stories? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we built <laughs> warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> got any dirt on the guys upstairs? <laughs> so you hang out in Texas. You start to have Emily,
1: then you drive out to... <laughs> Riverside. (laughs) Janice is pregnant and we leave for California. Mm. I think we were going to go to uh, Colorado Springs first. Okay. Because we thought that was a cool hippie place, but it was a cool military base, so we kept going.
0: Did you identify as hippies? Did you feel that way or was it just the least inappropriate classification? I
1: can only speak for myself, but it sure felt like we were um, like Czech, Kerouac kind of hippies, you know. Okay. Yeah, it's like like citizens of the earth. Not, yeah, not, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and what was, I don't, I, maybe I mentioned this, I wasn't there. Like, what was a pay? Would you get a wad of 50s at the
1: end of the week, or what was? The pay was pretty good. I well, don't remember much of the details of it. I was never very good, and still I'm not very good. With numbers and money and whatnot.
0: So you just work for a while, then they would pay you
1: for a I bit I work and, then... and I get paid, and then we'd pay the rent and buy food and I'd work some more. Well, okay. <laughs> we ask the probing questions here on the Hollywood Fishbowl. <laughs> well, it's probing and it shows my mental s- s- state then and as well as now. All information is useful. <laughs> All information is, yeah. Provides, at least provides context.
0: Yes. So, you get out to Riverside. Is there a plan then? Or is it just kind of like, let's see what Leanie and Phil can point, which directions they'll point us in? or
1: Except we went to Portland first. Okay. And then we visited Car- Karen, Carolyn? Um, Harry David's sister. Carol. Carol. Carol.
0: Was she with Ray already? Yeah. They okay.
1: Were, they were just dating then. But we went to... What is it, Canoga Falls or whatever? Yeah. Is where they used to live.
0: I but just I was at Carol and raised less about a week ago for wow for dinner with Kate as well. She was there. Kate uh, Zaynard.
1: Did you play Monopoly?
0: We did not. We didn't have the time. I got in there at the, the, because of the snow in Colorado. I got there way later than I expected. You have to cross over a mountain pass, and uh, I don't know how anyone survived the trip out west
1: back in like settler days. I know. It's, it's amazing. It's like, you talk about immigration across the border. That was like hell. It, yeah, it
0: seemed like even in a car, I was like, there's a 20% chance that I will be wrapped around a tree, that yeah. I'm not making it yeah. past this hill. And they were doing it on foot and with uh, horses and babies.
1: There's a Woody Guthrie song about an accident on one of the Rocky Mountains roads from a an Oklahoma family that's trying to get to California. It's, it's tongue-in-cheek, but it's a horrible accident. <laughs> anyway.
0: And you're planning, you reckon you're going to settle in Riverside when you get there?
1: Yeah, that's about... Janice was almost due. Okay. Yeah. And Lene and Phil helped us find an apartment. And Lene helped me actually find a job, but I didn't keep that job. Um, I a, went and worked somewhere else you didn't like
0: it or did you get the i mixed, wasn't or? able
1: to do it it was, what was it? It, it was a carpentry job, okay, but my carpentry skills were still too limited to to really do what I was hired to do so I went and built chain link fences instead
0: okay this is this is when I start to n- have some cognizance of you like when you, I remember being a kid and you were you were a fence you worked yeah, on fences
1: Yeah, you were born I was at work. The day you were born. Did you swing by the hospital at least? Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, good. I was there. I was, <laughs> there. I was there, absolutely. But um, I had to call somebody to come and replace me. Okay. Because I was working at night when no one else was there. So, But, yeah, that's where I, I worked there for quite a while, and I enjoyed it, too. It was a good crew. So, I also met, oh, I got that job because I'm a fiddle player. Wait which job the, the, the fence job
0: that was the the key the yeah, linchpin yeah
1: yeah they had like jams at a, a barbershop or something like that mm-hmm. so I went one time and played fiddle and one of the guys that was there said um you need a job <laughs> And I said sure and he was the owner of the fence company. turns out he was a, he collected fiddles. I actually bought a fiddle from him eventually Dave Bromberg does uh exquisite fiddles now. Yeah. Like
0: he's got a shop I think in Virginia.
1: I think it's in Baltimore, but I'm not sure for sure.
0: You could be you could be right.
1: He just came to Asheville too. We went. Did you go? I went. Yeah.
0: I there's something about him like that's that's marrow level yeah. that I love him like because yeah. of that tape you had growing up that was yeah. like that was it. How far was Mary's house from Kutztown? I don't remember the length of that drive. I remember it being longer than...
1: Mary's house?
0: When Mary lived out in the woods, there was a lake, and she had the loft that us kids would sleep in.
1: That was in Cowdersport. How far? That was like five hours away up in the mountains. Okay. Like north-central Pennsylvania. Do you remember taking me fishing on that one trip? Yeah, I remember getting in big trouble for that. Wait, why'd you get in trouble? Because the... um, the lady that owned the fishing hole mm-hmm. didn't allow fishing in her fishing hole. Oh, okay. She would be feeding the trout all the time, and they would be real tame and easy to catch. Oh, okay. But she came down hard on Mary, and Mary told me, just don't do it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I figured that it was like, well, I took him fishing. That's those were one and done. Those were fish for looking at. I, You've caught a fish in um, Rehoboth Beach one time. We were like. I don't forget. I forget we were in a little boat or something. You caught a fish that was like three inches long. You were so happy. That one I remember. I remember yeah. catching a very very small fish once, yeah. and thinking like that's. So I I I could check that off my obligations as a parent. I took you fishing.
0: What that's that's another big thing on my mind is like what did what did you feel like you were supposed to do as a parent, raising us up? Like what did you think your job was?
1: my My main concern was that you grow up with a with a sense of wonder and a, and an interest in your own life and the world around you, you know, and that you'd be, grow up in confidence in your own abilities, other than that, it was just um you know, let's go to the movies or whatnot. <laughs> but I just wanted to make sure that all three of you had a strong belief in your own abilities. And a sense of curiosity and affection for life. That sort of thing. You know, just generalities, but really important ones in my mind.
0: Did it ever get frustrating? Like, I was really wild into Mortal Kombat. Like, really kind of -of middle-of-the-road
1: media entertainment and really into media. Did it... I never even noticed. Okay. Any interest was fine with me. Okay. Okay. What can I say? <laughs> no. I was always glad that you liked video games. That seemed like a perfectly normal thing.
0: But I wonder, like, I think back and I wonder, like, what if you I... You mean
1: an actual r- real Mortal Kombat in real life no, with other no, people? No,
0: no, I no, mean, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I just think back and wonder, what if I had spent that
0: time doing, like, making something writing or reading
1: books I'd never read before instead of hours upon hours of that's beyond that's beyond my ability to comprehend what if but I feel the same I feel guilty when I play video games on the computer and listen to YouTube videos even instructional ones I feel like I could be spending my time more productively
0: that's usually I get away with it and I did expect that in this interview there would be questions, not that like that have been explicitly called out as small, but I, there are questions that I'm like that you're saying, like that's not how we think about the world, <laughs> that that are
1: kind of overly simple. And this is be more specific. I I I don't know what you're getting at. Um,
0: I th- I I often feel like your view of the world is much better considered than mine
1: that's yeah that's because i live so much internally
0: and i don't i don't get that experience with many people well there you go and it, <laughs> that sounds like colossally <laughs> egotistical but it there aren't many people that that intimidate me like do you remember the? i sent you the letter talking about uh how people say it, um when, when there's a funeral, somebody is bound to say that he's in a better place or she's in a better place now. And I was frustrated with that phraseology because if anybody believed that, why would we go on living? Like if there was any truth to that.
1: Right. Yeah, that's the most like depressing thing you could possibly imagine. <laughs> that, <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> Basically, that's what it's saying. Yeah, at least they're not at this funeral. <laughs>
0: and you wrote back about a page you know i print out any email you send and i have oh. i keep them archived oh, i really treasure those thoughts but you you kind of like upended the thought with with uh lots of thoughts on your own about life and uh the the, the benefits of living and the benefits of dying mm-hmm. and i was kind of it's embarrassing to come I know you're my dad and I'm supposed to come to you with unfully formed ideas and then you're supposed to shape them a little bit, but it always feels like a a disappointing experience.
1: What, that you think I know more than you?
0: No, that you you look at me and when I I come at you with ideas that you
1: have better formed, you're like, come on, dude, like I gave it to you already. No, no, I I hope you don't feel that way because I, I don't feel particularly attached to the ideas that I express as truisms. I, like you. we started out saying, you know, what, what can you really know? You know, I I look at it kind of from a scientific viewpoint. Like a scientist creates like these little working models of how they think things are. And if the model works in a predictable way and can predict something that happens in the real world, it's useful. If it doesn't, it's not useful. So, you know, I just have... Ideas that I pursue, sometimes to a r- ridiculous, absurd conclusion, and sometimes to a conclusion that I think, well, I guess that's as far as I can go. But there's, and it's always changing. That's, you know, one of the questions in the fishbowl is like, what kind of animal are you? Mm-hmm. And that's been bugging me because, I I couldn't answer it, but just this week I realized that I'm like a groundhog. You know that like. Mostly in his little hole. But Mm -hmm. when he's standing out in the world on his back legs, he looks like completely dumbfounded. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically how I feel. Like I'm a groundhog on the side of the road watching the car zip by with like a, huh? (laughs) There's just no answers, I don't think. Has that experience,
0: what does that feel like throughout a lifetime? Of what? Of being the groundhog. Like if you had if you put all your emotions from a whole lifetime into a blender, would it come out as mostly happy or
1: hmm. Mostly like like deep tunneling deep inside your own thoughts and imagination and soul, I guess. Okay. I guess that's part you know, if I would like to proclaim to the world that yes, I am autistic, you know? But I don't have any I can't make any such claim with confidence, but still I, I live my life in ways that most people don't understand and can't possibly approve of, but more more obviously ways it's like hmm, it's hard to explain. I think people expect from me things that I do not deliver that most people would the back and forth would be there you know there's a lot of misunderstandings in my dealings with people that except in the most superficial circumstances i think
0: i i guess there's um there's kind of two things going on in my head right now um the first is that like Don't take any weight on this, but hearing you say that it it hurts my heart a little bit, because like the 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 gratitude that we have for what you do give us, like what you do put out in the world, is so unbelievably incredible. Emily and Selena and I talk about this sometimes, like the the deep deep gratitude we have for for the way you think of the world and the way you engage the engage the world. Um, But then I remember that Emily, Selena, and I have access to you in ways that nobody else on this planet, like your day to day talking to people at work or something or going when you're on a job call, like the way Mm -hmm. you're going to engage those people is different from how you engage Emily, Selena, and I and like I don't know I don't know what it's like to experience you not as your son. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of preloaded information in my brain and how I process the world that makes it really amazing to listen to you and to see right. the world through your eyes mm-hmm. and there's also a level of intimacy that you know us at that lets you express yourself I imagine differently. Like when I when I talk to Emily, Selena, you or Mom, that's so different from when I'm sitting at a party in L.A. and I have to try oh, sure. like fight every fiber of my body to act like a normal person. And um, it's it's just it's these two different experiences hmm. of of how you how you move through the world.
1: Right, right. And I'm not a good I'm not a good model if you want to do well at a dinner party that.
0: Do you think I wasn't taking notes under the table while Greg was <laughs> working been. the whole table? Yeah. I, lo- I, I, I. This is one of the benefits of having so many aunts and uncles is I right. can pull this from that one. And yeah. They're all sterling, too. And each in their own way. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I'll ever do the sports thing, but if I wanted to, <laughs> I know where to start.
1: You're already running. You are in a marathon.
0: I love running. Yeah. Do you run at all? Mm-mm. Have you
1: ever? I did, but I was—I could never get my breath. You know, it's like a kind of an asthma or allergy oh, okay, thing. Okay, okay. I could try it again.
0: The most fun I have is—is is, that's not true. A lot of fun
1: it can be had while running. running Sorry, I got
0: hyperbolic and careless.
1: <laughs> hyperbolic is okay.
0: Is it's the best? <laughs> There's the joke. <laughs> See, you're not a comedian. You didn't shut down my joke right away. Tell me to stick to the stick to the script, mate.
1: What brought y'all back to Pennsylvania? Janice's undying love of family and home—that's kind of what brought me back to America. Yeah, I think I can relate to both of (laughs) your parents in different ways. (laughs) Did you not have that? Like, do you? No, you don't. I didn't. Like I said, I grew up in so many different places. I didn't have an attachment to any of them. And one of the things I think that drove Janice and I apart was my lack of simpatico with her field of reference in a way. It was foreign to me. It just mm-hmm. didn't exist to me. And um that happened in in a lot of different ways since like I said, I have difficulty um, with nonverbal communication and even more difficulty with verbal communication. Yeah. So as you guys, like I don't but that was part of the problem. Part of the problem was that, you know, I I wasn't sensitive to things that were very, very important to Janice. But that's what brought us back to Pennsylvania was okay. was Janice's determination to get back to Pennsylvania.
0: I don't remember you guys having many big that's two, many big fights. Like I rem I have one memory of one raised voice instance in, in the Topton house. And I think it was mom. I'll tell you what it was. I was sitting in the high chair with the Tupperware sippy cup. And she said at a, at a increased volume, get off my back. And it like, I, I I spent the rest of that time. I don't know what else was said between you two, but I was hide. I was trying to hide behind the Tupperware sippy cup. Like Uh, I was pretending to drink it. Yeah. But in my head, like it, 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 couldn't make sense to me. I thought, like, I I didn't understand that it was a figure of speech. Yeah. Like, I thought that there was some <laughs> physical weight of, that yeah. you were putting on her, yeah. on her back. But what... Did you mostly lock up? Like, did you become
1: qu- the quiet and internal? I don't... It was a very complicated situation when we finally did break up, and I never did try to parse it through.
0: Okay, you don't have to today. I,
1: always, I just... I always felt like you know i always I felt like I had no idea of what um, a relationship built on love was actually supposed to be at that point It's like it it's like I thought I knew up until then, mm-hmm. but then when it ended, I realized that I had to have been wrong right so it took it took me a A long time to just try to live in a world that I could trust my own feelings again, you know, and trust other people. It was just like a shock to me that there was so much that I didn't know that all of a sudden I I became aware of, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I tell Swinky, it's a weird way to frame it, but like i was her first boyfriend she was my dozenth girlfriend or whatever and there's Mm -hmm. a certain amount there was a a learning curve that some other people absorbed that she doesn't ever have to see the stuff i didn't know about love heartbreak and and the the disintegration of a relationship Mm -hmm. and it does take a long
1: takes a long time to To come to terms with it.
0: It's
1: it's like a to me it was a matter of learning to trust my own feelings again. You know? It was like everything in my life, I always I always internalize everything. That's it's probably wrong, but that's that's the way I do it.
0: Is it wrong though? Like I watch you grow over the years and I watch you change and you seem like yeah. you seem like the most you version of you that I've ever known.
1: <laughs> so is it? Are it you, might not be wrong, but it might be like I I can't th- I can't speak on it. That's I just fine. know that yeah. You know, anytime there's a whole lot of things that I cannot do. You yeah, know, that I feel like that I'm supposed to be doing, and other people around me feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm sorry to have to disappoint them, but I don't know how to do the things that they want me to do.
0: But what if you're doing it all perfectly from the people around you's perspective and you never know that? Does it make a difference?
1: No, it wouldn't make it. You no, know, it'd feel the same, if that's yeah. what you mean. Yeah, it would feel exactly the same. It's a, it's a matter of like, hmm. Like you'll never know how the, the high level of esteem
0: that we hold you in, will you?
1: <laughs> I would question it. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay I would too. Question the reasonableness of that position, but
0: maybe that's more. Uh, that must be from that must be mom's genetics. Like the the everyone like everything is perfect as it is because that's how it is. Kind of
1: right, right. Kind of way of looking at, at the people around us? I can look at other people that way, but I can't look at myself that way. I guess it's I a... can I can look at myself only as a, as, as a work in progress. Okay. Yeah. Because I would agree with that. I, You know, I kind of have a philosophy that everybody, everyone is made in God's image and likeness the way they are, that they don't have to change a bit to be perfect. That's fine. That's- yeah. But for my time on earth I've always felt like, you know, there was something expected of me that I didn't know what it was or couldn't figure out how to how to manage it. And there's things I expected for myself that I couldn't do. I think I have a really hard time memorizing that I can only learn things by understanding mm-hmm. the, understanding the um processes. But I can't memorize, like, mathematical formulas and apply them until I can get the big picture of why and how they're applicable.
0: That, okay, you just unlocked something that I I think about a lot. Um, I don't play video games for the video game. I play it until I can see the algorithms that govern the world of the video game. Mm -hmm. Like, at the point when the math becomes more clear to me, than the the when story you, or the images on the screen. Yeah. That's when I'm done with the game. Yeah. And that sounds like you have yeah. a yeah. a more real world application of that same yeah. that same experience.
1: When you can see the matrix.
0: Yeah. When Morpheus is fighting Neo. <laughs>
1: you get the first poll.
0: Alright and three you're going for a world record <laughs> i wanted to mention something do you want to get into that card or do you want me to tell you the boring story first tell me the boring story all right um so i watched i might have told you this in it before i watched uh, I, I tried to watch peewee's big adventure with Swinky. i was like this is one of the best movies from my childhood i can't wait to share it she had never seen any peewee before after 10 minutes of him putting tape on his face and playing with his toys and brushing the teeth of his bicycle and everything, she looked at me and she said, turn this shit off now. <laughs> she had uh, never hard vetoed a film in, her, in our entire time being together. The, the gravest sin you can do in our house is say, let's watch the rest tomorrow. Like, she she will not turn anything off. Right. Um, and then uh, later on, we watched UHF, and she said, like, why do you love these movies where it's just a guy shouting <laughs> all the time? <laughs> huh. But anyway, um, there's more to this story. I hope you haven't worn out the edge of your seat because no, no, you're going to no. be using it a bit longer.
1: I'm already thinking about what, what the cultural dissonance is between... Well, it's Kenya just a. America. It's
0: just a guy shouting. The first ten minutes of that film is just Pee-wee alone shouting at his breakfast,
1: shouting at his toys. But still, it depends. It depends on on a lot of cultural background yes. before you can even before you understand what what why you, what, anyone would have an appetite for that. Yeah, 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 <laughs>
0: yeah. There's it, anyway. Uh, Later on, we went back. She gave him a second chance. We watched maybe five or six episodes of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Mm -hmm. And after the fifth one or the sixth one, whatever it was, it was over. And she turned to me and she said, How different would my life be if I had seen this as a child? Because the show was so inclusive that everybody was welcome at the playhouse mm. and all the only goal they had that day was for everybody to play fun games together and try to lift each other up and have a good time mm-hmm. and have creative, silly fun with, with no ceiling on, on what can be imagined and what can be done with your friends. And you made me think of that when you told me that, um, if I ran the zoo was something that unlocked your brain and changed how you saw the, mm-hmm. the entire world.
1: Cause it made me smile a whole lot. One <laughs> one of the most exciting times of my life was I found out about the public library and it was just like <laughs> the size of this studio. You know, it was a real little local public library. And um the, the librarian asked me if I wanted to take some books home with me. And I was like, What? <laughs> and I was thinking, you trust a little kid with your precious books? <laughs> And and that that day I got my first library card mm-hmm. and took books home and that was that was so ha- I was so happy that day I felt like I had graduated I'd become a man or something I <laughs> that it a, was the rite of passage yeah it was a little um it was a little like cloth kind of paper card with a metal mm-hmm. um, staple in it that had my number on it so that they would like stamp yeah yeah, yeah 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 it was great. But that's where I got, if I ran the zoo, if I ran the circus, that made me happy. What's the card? Oh. Now that I've bored you to tears with my story. I'm so bored. (laughs) Fair enough. You can cut this down to like 10 minutes of interesting silence. What hero or heroine would you like to be and why? Hmm. Hmm. Is Tetsuo a hero? From Akira? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's an anti-hero at best. <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to be Kaneda. Wait, why not Kaneda?
0: Because he shoots his friend. he's too the- cool. Oh.
1: <laughs> he, he's, like, he's like the leader of the gang. That no. would never be me. I'd be more like Tetsuo, the one that gets left behind all the time.
0: That uh, Anytime I'm feeling inward... I do one of my. The line that sticks to me from that film was the "I just want everyone to go away and leave me alone." He says that when he's in the ho- after the hospital or something, and he's about to freak out and blow up something or other. But <laughs> that yes, I, I can relate to that. My turn. Can I? I'm, I'm not going to get one of yours right away. I'll, I'll give it some time. Oh boy, what is the thing you miss most about high school? <laughs> <laughs> <A> faulty premise. <laughs> Let's see.
1: There must be something. Oh, sure. I had a really good English teacher.
0: There's always Liter- one. Yeah. There's always one.
1: Yeah. And we used to we used to talk about literature together.
0: Uh, boy, girl, woman, woman. What did she turn you on when she to? Had like polio
1: did- when she was little, and she had like one withered leg.
0: Was that distracting to you as a teen Mm-mm. or not?
1: No, it it made me her seem like a, a superhero to me, like real <laughs> courageous and and powering through ir- regardless of circumstances. But yeah, she would she appreciate she kind of appreciated me. She would read my poetry and my short stories and um not completely pan them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but we used to talk of, you know, we talked about plays and and books.
0: What were you reading? Like, what? What did she? What did she feed you?
1: Well, in high school, my friend Frank and I used to go to the community college because they were always doing like plays, mm-hmm. and we'd sneak in up, go up in the balcony and see them like each one like three or four times. <laughs> so I saw Macbeth like four or five times, and uh, you know, I think other Shakespeare plays and some that were written by local authors. But that was that was a good time too. Okay. But then I, you know. I think everybody thought I was really smart in school because I never said anything or talked to anybody. I found that out
0: the first year of Hamburg. I didn't talk to anybody the whole year. I just sat and read in the corner. And then it, I found out that that was like the greatest trick the huh. devil ever played on mankind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was was to make people think you weren't smart. (laughs) (laughs) I should have kept my dumb mouth shut. If I had kept it closed all four years... You wouldn't have gotten beat up half as much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They they would have never figured out how stupid I was.
1: Yeah. Yes. Stupid is as stupid does.
0: And if I could have kept my stupid mouth shut... Your turn. This is like a lot of... This it's such a better format than me just asking questions. Why,
1: sure, I don't want to answer my own questions. You don't have to here Let's try this one. Oh, don't put it back in if you don't want to answer it. Like, there's no way I can grab it again. There's like a thousand different ones in there. I'm giving you Steve's. Yay! There you go. You. What is the best thing in your life? Aww that's such a sweet thing. I guess the best thing in my life is, is um, right now, is my little family in Asheville with Barb and Alex. And, and Mary, Mary across the street. And Greg and Todd living in town.
0: I can't tell you how happy I am that you all are kind of semi-congregating here. It makes
1: me happy as the Dickens.
0: That, like, there's a, a congregation in Akron, that there's a congregation here. Really. Because,
1: like like you were saying, with you and Emily and Selina, you just get each other you don't yeah. have to pretend you don't have to worry about misunderstandings because you just get each other there's and that's the same way it is with me and my brothers and sisters and with barb and alex we understand what we understand each other's um idiosyncrasies and good points
0: like not just the the lifetime of shorthand that we've accumulated but also the genetic lottery that we are all kind of similar and have a yeah a, a Relatable disposition yep. really helps keep conversations uh, to the to the point. Focus like easy. Everything mm-hmm. keeps moving forward when we talk to each other, and I really hi. Oh, if you think there's no pressure in LA to kind of put on a good front and be
1: oh, charming, you, yeah,
0: it's uh, I hate to break it to you, but
1: I couldn't. I, I would I would withdraw from that. I'd be one of the extras.
0: I'm trying not to withdraw. I'm really trying to engage yeah. it, and
1: that's good because and, you know you you can eventually. It's
0: learnable behavior. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the things Greg was talking to me about. That is that it's all learnable behavior.
1: There's a um, John Updike book called I think it's called Rabbit Run,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where this guy he he's a he wants to be the best salesman, and he practices in front of a mirror, you know. Practices his facial expressions and his delivery mm-hmm. in front of the bathroom mirror every day. And I think that that's a, what seems easy to some people is something that was learned through practice. Yeah. And through, through repetition and and research.
0: Yes. And I was thinking about that at dinner tonight. Like I was thinking about, and I think I, all y'all growing up in Cutstown together, like Greg It's voluntary nurture. What is that? Like, opt in. It's nature versus nurture. Oh. But he opted into a certain kind of nurture. Like, he nurtured himself in ways that makes him marginally different from you, like the way you engage with people
1: in the world. Greg Greg had a unique, disciplined outlook from the time he was, like, even an infant. It was like. Very perceptive, visually perceptive, very aware of, uh, of of style and aesthetics right away. It's pretty amazing. And I think that, um, I don't know, he's probably like any um, artistic person mm-hmm. that's born into a family of non-artists. You know, that he just longs for an environment that would understand and approve of his particular gifts, you know? So I think that's one of the things that drove him to to be more outgoing and more upwardly attached to people in a social sphere. I'm I'm trying to
0: figure out what, what hunger got me to Japan and kept me there for a decade. I don't know.
1: In a way, that's a lot like what got me to Cal. Me and Janice to Texas and California. It was just just a, an urge to explore, mm-hmm. maybe for one thing, a dissatisfaction with who we are at the moment. But mainly, it was like curiosity. Um, I never thought that moving to Japan was a was a very drastic decision on your part. I always thought that it seemed perfectly reasonable, mm-hmm. but I don't know that how anybody else felt about it. That
0: not that it was inertia, but it was a natural transition. There was there was nothing there was there was no caution, no anxiety, no question in my mind about any step of that mm-hmm. move from America to Japan. It was very, very natural. I don't know what made it so. My turn. Was it my turn? It's your turn. No, I it's my turn. It doesn't matter. I could take one.
1: I'll take this one.
0: That's a good one. That's courtesy of Scott Oshima. Where
1: is your favorite place to hide in LA? I've only been in LA a short time, maybe a day.
0: Like you just popped pop down from Riverside for yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. Where? Like, did you go to the like uh,
1: Sunset the s- Boulevard, the Strip, or? I think I remember seeing the. Does the Sony Building have a planet with a ring around it?
0: It might be Universal.
1: Oh, maybe Universal. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that would be it. Oh, my favorite place to hide in L.A. is Disneyland. Even though that's not L.A. <laughs> in particular. Are you thinking like a like a Michael Jackson fat suit, to, yeah. so you can blend in with the crowds? Kind yeah. of situation. <laughs> well, it's easy to blend in Disneyland. Everybody looks the same. A bunch of white people.
0: <laughs> Where's that? Pew, 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 pew. I'm going to pull one for you. It's my turn. I'm taking over. I'm taking the show back. You've run it off the rails. What is your signature big finish
1: on stage? <laughs> <laughs> uh, breaking a string on the violin. Have you ever broken a bow? Do
0: those oh, lots things of ever times. pop?
1: Bows are the most horrible things to break because they're irreplaceable.
0: Do you keep. A couple with you when you yeah, go? Yeah. Are you jamming now? Like, do you have any bands that you play with?
1: Barb and I play three or four times a week in our Are home. Are you joking? No. We Do play. you ever go out with it? Mm-mm. What do you do? Just, just like play, Irish just tunes? Just play a list of songs that we like. We play a couple of dozen songs that we like and then put it away.
0: I don't think you'll ever understand how beautiful the world is that you you live in. I really... I. I that's okay,
1: too. You don't have to. No. <laughs> There's yeah, there's a lot of good things in my life, there's no doubt. I it's like just... I like my job. I like the things that I do in work. I like playing music. I like reading. A little bit. I still think <laughs> I should be learning more though. You know, I should be expanding my um skill set. And I'm gonna keep trying to but do that you, as long I thought, as I live.
0: Like you just started your business. I know. You don't think you're picking up a
1: shitload of new skill sets with that? Heck yeah. That's like the that's and there's a whole bunch of things that I should be doing. <laughs> Your turn (laughs) No, it's your turn I think I just picked No, I just just picked Where do I like to hide? What's your big finish? Oh, that's right It is my turn Yeah Thanks for keeping track Man, you think I can't host My own program, Pop? What's the one thing You want to do immediately After you leave here For my career? Hmm Yeah, little mister There's a whole bunch of things I could be doing for my career Yeah. Yeah You talk tough Well, I did everything I'm going to do today except go to sleep and wake up early and go to work tomorrow. I'm not going to do anything else today. That's okay. (laughs) Let's do one more and then we'll let you off the hook. Thank you. Has this been painful? No, no. It's been enjoyable.
0: I hope it's enjoyable
1: to listen to.
0: What's the dumbest mistake you've made in your life?
1: Uh... When I got to California with that van, have you seen pictures of that van? It was huge. It was like it was a step van. So it was more like a – it was bigger than a van. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got to California. But not as big as a bus. Right. And it didn't have two front seats. Mm -hmm. It's like sometimes it had a sofa seat and sometimes it had a folding chair. But it never had two front seats. And that would be so illegal now when you have to wear seatbelts and whatnot. But anyway – I was working at the fence company, and somebody said they had a good family car, and they trade it for the van. And it was like a Camaro or something like that. It was ridiculous with a four-on-the-floor stick shift. Mm-hmm. And it didn't—I I just didn't understand it. You know, like, everybody else would be having fun peeling out and— <laughs> Going up the strip, I couldn't do it, so, so it turned out it was kind of a nightmare to me so um one of the other guys at the work said he'd trade it for a van, right, and that didn't work out Man, it was just a mess, and I feel so ashamed of myself as a as an adult, as a human male, not able to negotiate a decent car mm-hmm. for me and my young family. Of me and Janice and Emily, now, I these... just felt like completely, like flabbergasted at my own incompetence.
0: Were these folks at work? Is it like they were commiserating? Like, hey, Johnny, he's a rube. Yeah, more like that. You could probably get a Camaro yeah, for get, for we... a bicycle with that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, along the, and that's just pretty much the case. Yeah. So, but finally, I did end up with a reasonable good, reasonably good family car. It was a Chevy station wagon. That we drove for years. But that was the I felt like it was the stupidest thing I ever did was trying to was just like trusting people like a child. You know, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Assuming that everyone has your best interests in yeah. mind. That's you know, that's something I've been thinking lately, is like I've I've kind of lived my life like trying to be simple like a child, you know? Thinking and maybe falsely thinking that. Nobody could ever do anything to hurt a child, you know. But I know from personal experience that that's not necessarily true. I would have been better off being more um, uh, disciplined in my transactions. (laughs) Oh, of course I'll trade. Trade, yeah, you'd never hurt a child, would you? (laughs) But anyway, yeah, how's that for a (laughs) stupid? I'd say it takes the cake. (laughs) You want want to wind down? Mm Mm-hmm. Are you going to play the piano again this time? Yeah. What do you think happens at this part of the show? I love your piano playing, especially at the end of the show. That, I, I,
0: okay, here we go. I, before we sign off I freaking love The holy shit Out of you I think you're you're awesome So uh-huh. you gotta take it Cause you're on the air <laughs> Okay <laughs> How do you like that I cornered you This is all <laughs> I'm playing the long game
1: <laughs> This is all Just to say That I like you Okay Oh play that piano boy
0: This has been the Hollywood Fishbowl And I've been your host Jesse Kester I will continue To be Jesse Kester As long as as I live. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on www.hollywoodfishbowl.com. That's six U's followed by a dot. Hollywoodfishbowl.com. If Shminstagram or Twitter is more your speed, at HWfishbowl. But it's not about us. It's about the guest. <laughs> Where can we find you? If people liked what they heard... <laughs> Where can they
1: learn more about you? You can find me in Asheville, North Carolina. Where altitude
0: does affect attitude.
1: It does. Keep Asheville weird. Oh. (laughs) It's also known as... Smashville. Sin City? City? (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah, actually, there was a Republican... State congressman that called Asheville Sin City really in a speech yeah oh yeah
0: he got yeah he's got your number up he's here he's right though and there's
1: plenty of sinning going on in Asheville
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good are we good yeah.